You hear that sound? It's the sound of a sale you're missing out on because you're not selling on Shopify. And what does it sound like with Shopify? Ah, much better. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's truly global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, Lennon and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash finance 23, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash finance 23 to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash finance 23. Action Park Media. Hey everybody, welcome to Dom's Den. Today's guest is a close personal friend of mine who also happens to be a very, very fine actor. Uh, you know him from Entourage, Power, a bunch of movies. Uh, he recently just booked his biggest role as a dad. For the second time, <laughs> congratulations, man. Uh, he once said, any actor who is being honest will admit there's always a part of the real you in every character. It's impossible not to have that, and I totally agree with that. Uh, everybody, welcome my friend Jerry Ferrara. Yeah. Welcome, What's Jerry. up, buddy? How are you? Fellas, that was a great introduction, Dom. Uh this is great for me to see. I think you're killing it with your podcast and you absolutely should be doing this. So keep on going. And yeah, uh, father of two acting term. I'm now further down on the call sheet. I used to be like number one or two on the call sheet. <laughs> then the other kid. Now the second. Now I'm like, you're the, you're the third banana. I'm a background player <laughs> yeah. now. I'm like driver number one. I'm just driving the car. Where are we going today? I'm driver number one. It's uh yeah, but you're blessed, man. You're blessed. Uh, no, I know Jerry. Sure. I know Jerry for a very long time. Went to his wedding. I mean, I mean, um, we we kind of hit it off very, very. Uh, it was just easy. It was uh during uh sh shooting uh Entourage, and uh, the rest is history, man. And we we've been. He actually we we had Courtney on. He got me a gig. <laughs> By pu by putting out a tweet. So can you tweet more? Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Because also I will oh, say you. I'll tell you. What I, you I said. don't know if I got like Courtney's a fan. As you know, you talked to her, so it wasn't like I had to really sell her on anything. No, it 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 it, it just it lined up perfectly because your tweet. I think somebody you were answering a tweet. Okay. And the tweet was oh it. if if there was anybody who you'd like on the show. That's very close to you, or or a friend of yours. Who who would that person be? And you were like Dominic Lumberdozzi would like Dominic Lumberdozzi to come onto the show, and, and that started the talk. And then she, yeah, and then she she responded to that tweet. And she goes, "Let's make that happen." And sure enough, she 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 was uh, a woman of her word. 
Yeah, I listened to that episode. Obviously, you know how I feel about Courtney. And I always say, like, Courtney is one of the few people who, like, if she says something to you, it's not like Hollywood bullshit talk. It usually happens. Like, everything she's ever said to me is, like, completely she has held up and done above and beyond. So, yeah, yeah when you came up, it, like I said, it wasn't a really hard pitch, and she was already a fan. So then it more became, like, well, what's Dom going to do on here? What could we really... Uh, and then we were cousins as, uh, uh, you know, as fake. I can tell you it. what I was not going to do. Get fucking naked <laughs> like I did on Entourage. We wouldn't have, we Who the hell wants to ass. see that? You would have done, done, done it if they asked you to. I heard, so, I heard you and Courtney talk. You would have done anything for her. Yeah. I, that was one of my things, of course, because like if anyone's ever seen Power, look, first of all, in addition to a lot of talented people and really great actors and like also a very, you know, good looking cast who's also very fit. And then I roll in there with like my, my dad, Bob, I'm like skinny fat. And it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna I told Corey, I'm like, listen, I, that's not in my act. Like every actor does have a skill set, right? What they're good at. I'm not good at the double arm shirt takeoff, like being all ripped. Like, that's just not what I do. <laughs> he keeps so saying hired, this. We're golfing. Uh, that's another thing we could get into. But, we're, you know, just before he'll putt the ball, you know, I, I got this dad bod going on. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, you, you got 5% body fat. It's crazy. Uh, he's right, though. You got to own the dad bod. And he's a ha hell of an athlete, <laughs> you know, playing basketball. And, you and, lost a ton uh, of weight, though, right? I, I did. Uh, it's slowly creeping back as my my days in the gym and obviously like having Dom mentioned basketball, haven't really been able to play obviously, but, uh, match kept it off. I, I, I think the most at one point was like 60 something pounds. I got wow. down to like 144, which was wow. like, geez, I, but wow. I still had the kind of heavier guy mentality. So when I would play basketball or like even mess around with my friends, it's like, I didn't have that weight behind me. I'm mm. like, I'm getting thrown around like a rag doll. <laughs> I used to be like 205 with a low center of gravity. So you weren't moving me easily. Then I bump into someone at 145, I go flying across the court. You're like an Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> small point guard. You were like my Bill Lambeer, you yeah. were my enforcer. Dom was just grabbing rebounds and just clearing space. And uh, we had a couple of good runs over at uh, the Gem fun. Center in Beverly Hills. Great workout, great workout. Yeah. Um, so you just had a baby. Yes, like a, like I, he is a twelve days old as of this oh, podcast. Wow. Oh man, wow. in the fire, right in the yes. fire. And Jake is how old? And Jacob just turned two last two. week. I they, was wrong. The, I was the, a year the, off. Yeah, the potential dual birthday was at play for a minute there. Uh, but our second son was born April thirtieth. Jacob's May fifth. Uh, I thought I got out in front of Mother's Day. Like the May birthstone is emerald, right? So I bought. Brie like weeks ago because the due date was May 3rd right I bought Brie an emerald little pendant thing or whatever like from both sons because I just was a firm believer it's going to be close and then she goes into labor on Friday April 30th last day of April so I'm like this is great because labor is going to be like 12 hours oh. and it's good kid was born in like 45 minutes and it was April 30th. I'm like, now I gotta go diamonds. Of course is the April birthstone. So that, I mean, great. Wow. He's already screwing with me. This kid. Clearly you've been in quarantine too long talking about birthstones and 
That's a lot, man. Two kids yeah. in diapers at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's the, I try to, to spread them out. So it's like, as soon as one gets potty trained, I'm like, all right, we can fire well, them. Well, one is going to be stationary and one's going to be moving pretty soon. That's, well, that's what's kind of happening, right? It's like, uh, to make the sports reference, we were in a nice zone defense, right? It's like, I got the kitchen, you got the bedroom. Mm. So if he comes into your area, you guard him. Now it's just man to man. Like, oh my God. get your man, lock <laughs> him up. I can't believe you just said that because I was on the phone with the uh, nut job today, Chris Nikos. And I was like, uh, you know, he's called me to see if I could play golf tomorrow. And I was like, I can't, absolutely not. I can't do it. And, uh, like Jerry had the baby. He's like, yeah, I know, you know, but now, now, now he's not in his own defense. <laughs> he said it too. Not, yeah, he, he those, yeah. those were his exact words. He's he's like, now he has they they have to play man, and it's gonna be tough. I really feel for him. The irony because... is when you have the third though, you go no, back to zone. You go back Stop. to zone when you have the third. Really? I, I don't know what you're talking about one, about the third. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 41 years old, man. I'm not trying to have a third. Uh, I will say, too, not to turn this into full fatherhood, but right after our second sign, and James, he's, he's, uh, I think we can officially say his name. We still haven't okay. like locked it down, which is insane. He's 12 days old. But uh, Bree's dad, my father-in-law, took Jacob right when we got back home with the baby. So this way, you know, we could have a couple of days. So we went to his grandpa's for the weekend. So I didn't see him for like two days right when the newborn, right when he was born. So I, I had two solid days of changing an, an infant newborn's diaper, right? Which is nothing. It's so like a little, it's a little, and then fuck it, big, big shot comes home after two days and like, <laughs> hits me with a diaper and I change it. I'm like, first of all, dude, you're too old for this diet. Like, that's it. We're getting out of these diapers. Cause after you change a newborn, then you, I'm like, you're like a grown man. What the hell's going on? Yeah. So that was strange. I didn't love that. I'm ready for him to segue and we got to get the potty training going. It's time. Yeah. Cause now he starts off. talking to me when I'm changing him. He's like, Dad, we go outside. I'm like, don't talk to me when I'm doing this. <laughs> right, like, right. I can't wipe somebody's ass while they're talking. You should yeah. be able to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Dad, I will go outside play. I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Right after you're done, like, crapping on me, we'll go outside and play. Yeah, and they think it's a power move too because they approach it and they're like, hey, I got a. It is an intimidating I thing. <laughs> I don't think there's a more powerful approach to speak to somebody than when they're changing your diaper. <laughs> like, you will do what I say, old man. Oh man, and uh, they're animals. I I always hear. I mean, I don't have kids. But I, I, I hear, like, how do you have all that in your body? <laughs> Is that oh, yeah. true? The overnight? Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. The overnight delivery? When you wake yeah. up in the... Oh, Jesus. The overnight it's, delivery. It's terrible. And they're all eating so many vegetables. So the peas and the corn, they don't even process that shit. It's just... Ugh, it's, it's a nightmare. So that's the, that's the only bad part, really. Right. <laughs> well, well <laughs> the whole sleeping thing. But it's amazing. They get there. It's amazing. I'm, nah, I'm very, I'm very happy for you, my friend. I'm very happy for you. I like the name for James. You and Bree. Big game, James. It's good. Big game, James. You know. Oh, yes. let's talk about. Let's talk about before Jacob was born. <laughs> How we're on a part three. Do you okay. wanna? Do you wanna? Do you wanna tell this? Which uh, I don't know which story. We have so many guys. name. Wait. A hole in one. You get your, was that, I'll we name your son. Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, I for a while was getting real 
kind of cocky about the name. So anytime we'd be on the golf course, we get to a par three, I would just be like, anyone gets a hole in one in front of me and I witness it, I will name my son after them. You see everybody ten tenses up. It's like what they re like you Shank really want. In the water. <laughs> yeah, not one person, I don't even think hit the green. Yeah. I don't even think anyone hit the green. Oh man. Let's backtrack a little bit to uh well acting, obviously. Yeah. So you made a very bold move. Um, you started in New York and then at a very young age, you decided to take yourself out of Brooklyn and, 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 and move to Los Angeles. Tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, at, at that point now, that's, this is like 1999 about to be, you know, the year 2000 and, uh, Different than today, it, everything really was in LA. You know, it, it, all the auditions, all the producers, all the TV shows, the studio, like it, it was so much an LA business where it still is now, but like you really can, especially in the digital age, be anywhere. But also it was kind of piggybacked off like the kind of teenage craze that was going on. If you remember movie wise, it was movies like uh, Scream and Varsity Blues and She's All That and like, they made it sound like in LA, they were giving TV shows to kids like walking around in the mall. And I was 19, but I looked like I was 15. So I was still going after like high school parts. So I remember saying, if I, if there's ever an agent who wants to represent me in LA, I won't go to LA with nothing. If I could somehow figure out a way to get some kind of representation or whatever, I'll, then I'll, I would go. And sure enough, I was fortunate enough to get an agent who said, yeah, if you move to LA, we will represent you. It was oddly enough an agency called Coast to Coast, who kind of specialized in representing kids. They represented their big client at the time was young Haley Joel Osment, fresh off the sixth wow. sense. And yeah. years later, I will go on to work with Haley Joel in the Entourage movie. But so uh, I remember they made that kind of official offer and I came back home and you know I was raised by a single mom. So I remember telling, and I, I had an older brother though. I remember telling my mom like, mom, I'm, I'm gonna move out to LA and see if this person's full of shit. And I think she was terrified, but she also was like, you know, if you think you need to do that, then I support you. And she did. And I, I, I hustled everything to like make as much money as I could in two months. Quick sidebar. I did save like two, three grand and like, like a bad movie lost it all playing AC Ducey like two nights before I left. Yeah, buddy. Because oh someone said some older guy there was like, I had Ace Deuce, an older oh. guy was like, you got to pot that. And I'm like, ah, that's kind of like down. all my money. He's like, I'll split it with you. Of course, I pot it. And then an Ace comes out. Oh. So you know, if you get a repeat cards, double. So I had to double the pot. And sure enough, the guy who said he split it with me disappeared out the side door. So I lost like 90% of my stack oh, before I moved to LA. But then you got a gig. Yeah, I went out there and like, you know, I, I, I worked in Boston Market. That was my first job because I didn't have a car in L.A. And not having a car in L.A. Uh, is like not uh, having torture. oxygen on the moon. But uh, I took the bus. I didn't really know a lot of people who took the bus. The but, big uh, blue bus? I yeah, exactly. I the big blue for a little while. Yeah. And, yeah um, you were out there young yeah. too, yeah. I would have this like repeat kind of scenario where I would work in a restaurant or something and I'd land like I got like a two episodes of King of Queens, you know, and I'd make like six grand, which I'm rich at the time. Yeah. So I'd walk into my restaurant, <laughs> like the movie Half-Baked, I'd be like, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. You're cool, fuck you, I quit. And I go shoot the show, I get my six grand and I'd live fat, I'd buy weed, I'd buy food. And then like three months later, I'd be like, okay, I'm out of money, I have to go ask for my job back. <laughs> Did that like 10 times. <laughs> but that's what we had to do. 
That's what yeah. a lot of people don't realize. Uh, you know, the first, well, for me, the first 10 years, you, you know, you had to take jobs that you were willing to walk away from. Oh, I have for an audition. Sure. No, you can't. You have to work. Well, see you later. You know, and I, I mean, those were all my jobs, jobs that I either had a, a good relationship with the uh, with the boss and he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. As long as you come back when you're done, that was fine. But if if not, I was I was just going to leave, you know? Yeah, it was all too about like the nighttime job. You always try to get something that was like after Flexible. 5 p.m. So you could go to all your auditions. I mean. I haven't had one of these days in probably over a decade where I, I remember though when I first was out in LA, again, it was the ending of that team. My, my it's like second day in LA, they got four auditions in one day. I had like two commercial auditions. I auditioned for like Band of Brothers and uh, some other show that I don't think ever got picked up. And I, I just remember thinking, wow, this is easy. This is going to be easy. And it <laughs> certainly was not. Next, no. The next pilot cycle, it became like the 30-something kind of mode so there was nothing for guys my age really it's hard even when people ask for advice and because it's different for everyone how everybody kind of breaks into the business it's 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 different you know an open call you get spotted uh you do background work or you do stand-in work for everybody so I never know really what to say to them except keep working on the craft, keep keep at it, try to stay, you know, uh be patient but also be persistent at the same time kind of kind of thing which is very fine line there but um like recently a a a a friend's uh daughter called me and and she wanted successful job and it's just, she just wasn't happy. She wanted to be an artist. So she walked away. And she t so she Gutsy. kind of knows what to do, but she's like, you know, how do I do this? And how, how do you get an agent? How do you, how, you know, how do you do it? And it's hard for me to give that advice because for me, it happened so differently than a lot of the other people I know. Yeah. I lot. got, um, yeah. Uh, like anytime I've ever been asked, like, what's your advice on this? Or could you talk to my friend about it? The only thing I know I could say that is helpful is do anything you could get your hands on, obviously with reason, like don't go do some stupid shit, right? Like that's, you know, jeopardizing, but right. I always tell people figure out if you truly love it first that's step one right like do you love this would you do this if it paid you know 40 grand a year like are you in it for the love of it because you love doing it or are you in it because you like the, the famous shit and like the oh i'm on tv or i'm on the movies like yeah. figure out why you want to do it because if you love it then you'll be able to withstand all the bullshit that you're going to go through it'll it'll that's what will get you through because i always say it's kind of designed to make you quit like it weeds people out quickly. Like if you don't love it, it'll beat you up quick and you'll you'll be done. One time though, I remember uh, I was shooting this this really small indie, the kind of movie where like we're in all nights, there's like, there, there's no money, there's no craft service, nothing, right? So it's a grind. Like after like a 17 hour day, 
I go back to the hotel that I was paying for myself out of my own pocket to put myself up in. And I'm get, it's seven in the morning. I'm just coming home. And um, the dude working the door over there kind of spots me and says, oh, what's up, man? I'm a fan of your work. I'm like, great. You know, I'm cool with everybody as long as they're cool to me. And then he said something, though, that kind of I reacted poorly to. And I did apologize to him. But he said, what's the easiest way to get into acting? And I just looked at him with like bloodshot eyes. And I'm like, the easy way? Do you think if I knew the easy way, I would just volunteer that information? Like if I knew the easy way to do it, I wouldn't sell that for millions of dollars. There is no easy way. And I like stormed off. And then 10 minutes later, I went, because I think I'm a nice guy. I went back down. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I'm really tired. I didn't mean yeah. to come <laughs> off like an asshole. Like there's no easy way though. You just got to go put in the work and and grind and see what happens. Like, like most things, you know, there's a, a lot of careers that are like that. It, it is a grind. And you always, I, I always say you, are, you have a, you know, you have a strike against you. As soon as you walk in that door, you have a strike against you. It's, 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 it's based on rejection. You got to have tough skin. It's not to say that you can't get upset when something doesn't happen because I could audition for something and it still stays with me. Yeah. You know, because of the work that you put into it. But you have to keep, you have to be able to keep going. It requires a, a lot of sacrifice. And I tell people that all the time. Financial sacrifice, sacrifice from your family. Yeah. From your friends. And uh, it's, you have to, and I tell that I say the same thing. Make sure you 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 love it. This is something you want to do, not that you want to have your name in in a paper or you you want to be an actor. Yeah. As opposed to a superstar. Yeah. Big if difference. you strip all that stuff away, you know, huge difference. Well, the and fact, the fact that he asked you what's the easiest way, I would have said. Don't even bother at that point. If you're <laughs> looking for the easiest way to become an actor, he caught you're me after a 17-hour shift on a movie I know nobody was ever gonna see. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm paying for my own hotel room. I'm like losing money on the on the movie. I'm I'm actually it's costing me money to be in this movie that no one's gonna see. You know, as I it is different though too. Even as I get older and now with kids, it's like obviously I still love doing it. And I'm going to do it for as long as they'll let me. But I find myself now, and maybe it is because it's family, like whenever there's even like the talk of a job, not that I get offered tons of jobs or something I may even like, you know, audition for, or make a tape for. It used to be my first questions are like, what's the character like? What's the, where, you know, what's the, and now I find my, I find myself just saying, where is it? Like how long? And it's not because I, I'm like jaded or anything. I'm just thinking like, I, you know, I'm now leaving a wife and two yeah. kids behind for a week, two weeks, whatever. I got to like get out in front of this shit, yeah. you know? Whereas when I was younger and single, I'd be like, where? Great. Let's go. I'll go anywhere. Let's go. Well, here's the thing too. Uh, when you got Entourage, which huge, huge show, uh, booking it, huge you always, it wasn't about, oh, let me go get a good table at a restaurant or let's go out. You kind of, that's the work, that's the fame, let that be what it is. But you, you what I always admired about you, you always had Jerry Ferrara. You always had that world, your, your sports, the video games, the family, uh, 
you know, creating stuff. People I mean, people realize you write. Uh, you're constantly trying to create stuff. Uh, the podcast. You do all these things. And you've always learned to separate. Now, did that happen because that's how you are as a person? Or you just being in L.A. for such a long time before you got entourage, you didn't want to be because you didn't want to be that person in the nightclub every night. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. A hundred percent, Dom. And it was, for me, it was like a combination of things. You know, I, I also am, and you know this cause you know, we're, we know each other so long now we've talked about, you know, real personal details about our life, but you know, I could be a pretty anxiety filled guy. So, uh, when Entourage kind of started, my number one goal was like, all right, don't fuck this up. This is a good thing. So like, don't go out and like get drunk and do some dumb shit and because they'll fire you. You're, you're like, and as far as going to like the cool places, I, you know, I was never like a name dropper or like, uh, I don't know, man. I just like, I still just never felt not that I didn't belong, but I always just had the feeling I sum up my whole career as like, I have the feeling that I did like sneak into a club and at any moment, the bouncer is going to shine the light on me and be like, how the fuck did you get in here? Get out of here. And I don't want that embarrassment, you know? So, uh, I think to, to sum it up, it's like also having dealt with anxiety and panic attacks, stuff like that. All the things you mentioned, the video games, sports, the, you know, that's all stuff that helps me cope with the anxiety. So I think going out and being a man about town would have, I know it would have added to my anxiety. It wouldn't right. have, it wouldn't have helped me. It's just not how I'm built. There was so many nights, Dom, and how, you, how many nights where we debated about you would come to my apartment in LA when you were visiting or working out here, out there. And it's like, come on, let's go out. And I'm like, ah, I'd overthink. We, we debate going out for two hours. We yeah. exhaust ourselves by 11 o'clock. <laughs> I'm so, like, well, at this fucking point, there's no place to go. <laughs> so what we did was, what we did, what we decided to do. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, every now and then I like to, you know, uh, throw a few back. Uh, if I'm not working and, um, but we would say, you know what, let's just have a gentleman's dinner. Let's go. We'll eat. Right. Low key, N low key, nice, low key. low key, low key. And I started, I started, I grew out of that really quick. Uh, I didn't want to be, I, 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 for me, when I'm working, I'm working. Right. I don't go out. I, I really don't very rarely as I got older, um, because I, you know, what potentially could happen and you know, yeah. and, and then you're smart enough to know what's, what, what, what's at risk. And, and, you know, you make these certain decisions, but I've always, I've always admired you. You did that at a very young age and early in your career. Yeah. I, I, when nobody was doing it, that was around us. I, I sometimes believe me. There, there was a lot of night, like Friday nights at ten o'clock, where I kn I knew there was like a party that would probably be a lot of fun, and a lot of people I knew were there. And there was a lot of nights where I would like self-loathe, that be like, "You are twenty-six years old. It's ten o'clock on a Friday night, and you don't want to go to blah blah blah's party. What the fuck is wrong with you?" 
many nights I spent just like agonizing, like you should be doing that. You're 26 on top of the world. And I, it's just not in me. I will say I was even like that back in Brooklyn, man. When I was like 17, 18, when my friends really started going out to limelight and fucking China club and all the, like all the cool spots <laughs> back in the thing. late nineties, like <laughs> yeah. fake IDs, all that shit. I was always the dude that was like, Nope, I'm a, I'm gonna stay in the neighborhood, maybe uh smoke a blunt and, uh, probably go home yeah. i just was never it was never my thing although i once i got a little bit older and more secure and like well, in my could, anxiety it could be the intimacy too yeah it's too I, I, much it's like um we, we had some to, fun yeah. though down it wasn't yeah. all anxiety yeah, yeah, yeah. we did go out it wasn't all like oh, i guys. went out i went down, out I mean, I mean i joined him every now and then <laughs> we had a lot of fun nights did a lot of dumb, fun shit, but for, even a gentleman's for, yeah. dinner can get dangerous. Yeah, I, I find that after uh, two or three drinks, the anxiety goes down a little. It, that is true. That good. is uh, that is true. So let me. Uh, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? Selfishness. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm all for looking out for oneself and one's family, but um, there's there's some people. And I guess everyone could be guilty of this at times, but it's to varying degrees where it is just like, you know, it's just all about them and they never try to help anybody. By help anybody, I mean, just don't be a dick. Just be a good person. I don't know. I've been screwed over a couple of times in life, like many people have. And it was all out of like greed and selfishness. And I, I uh, it just drives me crazy, you know, when people just Again, it's one thing to look out for yourself and for your family and make that your priority. That's cool. I do the same thing. But uh, selfishness is just a big pet peeve. And like loyalty, you know, like I'm I, I'm loyal to a fault. I wish I was different. I'm just not built that way. Um, I guess disloyalty is a, is a big pet peeve of mine. Right. I get into the smaller ones, but those are the bigger ones. I, I, I think it's okay to be selfish. I think... It's therapeutic to be selfish sometimes. Sometimes you need to be selfish to give yourself that time that you need for yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're no good to nobody. You're no good to yourself. And then if you're no good to yourself, you're no good to those who are around you. So sometimes you need to retreat. Yeah. Well, that and yeah. Yes, Pat. It's yes. <laughs> yes. It's selfish. I mean, you could do that. As long as you're not, it's not at the expense of somebody else. Well, yeah. You just fucked up my Dr. Phil moment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good moment. But that's a lot different than somebody parking in two in two spaces. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm, I'm saying, saying like, like yeah. if you're gonna, no, take, I agree. If you're gonna take a half hour to meditate, you know, you're not bothering everybody, and that's special. That's your own special selfish time. Yeah. But, but if you take up two spots in a handicap spot, right. that's somebody else. But there are those people out there that you do 99 favors for and the one favor you do, you decide not to do, the 99 favors that you did never existed. Mm -hmm. What can you do for me tomorrow? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. Uh, I hate watching other people treat people like shit when they can't fight back. Like if you're in a restaurant, you see somebody treating a server like shit or like... I, you know, I was at a supermarket and the, the checkout lady is just, you know, she's just doing her job and the woman had the wrong price for what she had and she starts shitting all over this poor checkout lady. Yeah. And, I'm, and I got my daughter with me and it, I use that as a lesson to teach my daughter, like, this is what terrible people look like. Like right here. And I'll say it out loud in the store too, because those people need to be shamed. You know what it is too? It's, you don't know what people are going through, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you don't know what people are going through. Exactly. Sometimes it takes going to the going going to the grocery store. Not them not calling you fast enough. These are these are good times, but these are difficult times. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I know what I'm going through, and I know how easy it is for me just to snap. And I keep myself under check, so I'm 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 aware of that right now. Uh, but you don't know what kind of baggage people are carrying with them. True. You, I get you know, that, so I get it. But you, as a person, no matter what the shit you're dealing with is, everybody I see you talk to, you treat everybody with respect. You never snap on people like that. Like someone who is holding stuff, like seeing people who are dealing with a lot of shit, who still you know have that character when you're having a bad day. The other people don't know because you don't take it out on them. Like, that's what I see in you and guys like us. And that's why we have this circle and we're friends. It's the people that just throw shit against the wall. That, that, those are the ones that I really have. Well, I, I've seen I, I've seen Jerry. Uh, he kind of always tries to diffuse things, always tries to look for another option. Even like when we played golf and, oh, you can't do that. Well, how about this? What if we do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he, he, he's not that guy. Name five items that belong in a diaper bag. Five. <laughs> wait, wait. Can I count Aaron, the obvious ones? Where'd you come uh, up with five? Five, five of the most important items that you need in a diaper bag. I live this life. Okay. Edibles. I'm well, doing well, a diaper, little revision here. Do, do, do we count diapers and wipes, wipes, or is that too obvious? I don't know, Karen. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. That's diapers and wipes. Count as one. Okay. Diapers, wipes, obvious. Okay. Number one. The water for the kid and yourself. Yeah. Number two, the passy and or whatever makes <laughs> the little one feel, whether it's a blanket or something, yeah. whatever makes him or her feel safe and secure. Mm-hmm. Number three. Doesn't include uh, marijuana, Pat. Not yet. That's the adult diaper bag. That's yeah. what I have in my bag. That's right. the other bag. That's okay. the glove compartment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's uh, your golf bag. I guess number four is hand sanitizer. Gotta have that. And uh, snacks, man. Snacks. It's all about Give me the, the snacks. snacks all day. I'm taking notes. I'm taking He's notes. right. It's all about the snacks. Snacks. You're up on a karaoke stage. What oh, song no. are you Why singing? Get there? <laughs> uh, the, okay, I can you're tell in you Dom's hot seat, by the way. I could tell you what song I'm not singing because I've made this mistake. I'm not singing Italian Restaurant by Billy Joel because I did that uh, in karaoke one time. It's a fucking nine minute song. Yeah. Okay. Now. If you want to be up there for nine minutes, go right ahead. Uh, what am I singing if I'm up on a stage? Um, I'm probably singing uh, End of the Road by Boys to Men. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Are you on a date? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, I I go 90s R&B. Have you? Maybe Jodeci. Maybe uh, All My Life by Jodeci. Oh, man. Locasi and JoJo. Lately. (laughs) Wow. Lately, I... Yeah, see? Let's go. There it is. (laughs) No, no, no. Lady from Kenny Rogers. Lady. That's where I'll get you drunk and convince you to go up and sing Lady. He's a a baritone. Neil Diamond, loving the rocks. Ain't Ain't no no surprise. surprise. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I want to know. I want to know if he... I wish Bree was around. So I, I was like, how many times has he has he serenaded you with these any of these? Uh, oh, she actually songs. gets mad. I don't do it anymore. 
before we had kids and stuff, like our get ready situation in the bathroom when we're both like getting ready to wherever, say we're going to dinner. I blast music, I'm dancing, I'm singing, and then we'll go somewhere where there's dancing and music and I just stand against the wall. She's like, how come you don't do what you do in the that's bathroom? What we would do. I'm like, that's because it's my own bathroom and no one can see me, so I'm, I'm free. She always gets mad at me. How come you're not like what you do in the bathroom? You're all singing and dancing. Oh, the date, I remember when they dated, man. <laughs> Name a movie that makes you cry. Wow. Well, most recently I cried at the Tiger Woods documentary. Yeah. Uh, at the very pretty powerful, well, wasn't it? <clears throat> oh, yeah. And I, I and I do wonder if it is because I have a son and now two sons. Like when I was hearing Earl Woods when he says the line, "Like uh, you have to forgive me," I get a little emotional when I talk about my son. Like I never, I've heard that speech like a million times because it's a very famous video interview or press conference. But I get you know. It just hit me differently. But in terms of like all time, I, I always like unbeknownst to everyone get super teary-eyed when Joe Pesci's character dies in Goodfellas. <laughs> it still bothers me because then we then like De Niro like pushing over the payphone and like he De Niro cries like they fucking whacked it. Like I, I don't know. I, He's I, gone. I hold it like He's right gone. here. That's, That's I hold it. It's it right gone. here. I'm there's always like it's always right there. I know it's really weird to cry at a serial killer getting killed in the movie, but um hey, it's wait here, wait and here. Rudy always gets me. Rudy. Uh, Although some right. of Rudy I feel like has always been like, what's real? How did it was it really like that? But Rudy would always and Brian's song, oh. as we covered on uh, Entourage, is the mm -hmm. ultimate guy cry movie, like the ultimate. Yeah, my guy cry movies have changed now that I have children. Like I, I we turned on R Raya, the Last Dragon last week. With my <laughs> kids you. and I'm oh, like, wow. I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And at the end, I swear to God, I had to get up and walk out of the room so that my kids yeah. didn't see me weeping. I'm like, what's, oh, yeah. what's wrong with me right now? Oh no, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey from Rocky gets me sometimes. Ah, yeah, Mickey. <laughs> they made me watch the sound of music the other day. My daughter, oh. I, I was crying because I was watching. It's a whole different crime. It's a whole, a whole different, different thing. <laughs> All right, Jared, if, if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice, how old are you and what's that piece of advice? Uh, wow, that's a good one. Um, I, I, I'm probably like, oh, man. Well, I'm probably like 16, and what I would tell that 16-year-old is, you know, enjoy yourself a little bit more. Okay. Life is short. Enjoy yourself a little bit more. But now also I want that. That's used to be how I always felt about if I ever thought about that. But now here's what I would say. And this is a little more detailed. I will say, look, it's great kid. And I'm now I'm probably still 16. I would say, listen, it's great to lend your friends money. Everyone should try to help their friends. <laughs> but let me just tell you a little something about math. You dumb fuck. Okay. Someone asks you to borrow $5,000. That's great. You should help people if you can, if you could afford it. Great. But just remember, that's not $5,000 they're asking you to borrow. In your line of work where you pay taxes and commissions, okay, for you to make five, you got to make like 11. Mm -hmm. So you're lending that motherfucker $11,000. Yeah. Think about that every time someone <laughs> asks you to borrow a buck. Um, I've been lucky in that regard, though. I haven't been hit up too hard. And also, I just tell now, it's just like, I got kids, man. I ain't got no money for you. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They get all yeah. the loans. <laughs> So what's going on uh, with work? Uh, I, I 
I know you moved. You 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 moved to Ohio, um, and we were all in quarantine. We all had to deal with COVID. And so, have you been writing? Have you been creating anything? Yeah. So, um, besides making kids, I have done some work uh, outside of that. You know, right before, um, basically, I think it was like this November, December of, uh, 2019, I guess it was right. So right before COVID hit, I did, uh, produce and, and act in a movie with a friend of mine who's also become just like a creative partner in a lot of ways. We raised a little bit of money, made this indie in New York that, uh, you know, was made for a very small amount of money that we shot in like 18 days and the movie's actually good. It just got into Tribeca Film Festival, which they're nice, doing like nice. a big digital festival and all that. It's actually going out. Uh, it's called Dating in New York. It's a rom-com. It's going out like literally this week to like 150, you know, buyers and stuff like that. And it's got some good heat. So we're hopeful that that'll sell and people will get to see that. And then coming off that, uh, do you remember the documentary I produced, Band Called Death? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Doc, uh, we just got an offer to make that into a feature. So that's pretty cool. We've been working on that. Uh, that deal's literally happening right now. And, um, you know, I do have a show with Courtney that we're taking out, uh, um, basically that we've been working on for a while. So mm -hmm. it's weird. Like I, I've been super efficient while being home, being able to, it, it was nice being able to like get some work done. And then like the kid, you know, the kids are right out there and, you know, Although I, I, I do love the, you know, the coffee meetings and the meeting for a drink and just like actually being in person with people. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait till we do that again. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm supposed to leave in July to start a movie. It seems right. like that's all good and going to happen, but I, I don't really celebrate anything until I'm actually there. Right. So if that happens, great. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, me, I'm always doing like my sports stuff and my gaming stuff you know we we have season four of the 2k league starting up and uh, about yeah. those knicks what do you think about the yeah, knicks what's buddy gonna with that? Let's listen go. <laughs> i don't want to turn this into a basketball podcast but let me just say if, two things have happened while i've left new york in my life okay and i we did move to ohio but we do plan on going the, the plan is always to try to get back to new york and do like a back and forth to we actually know where like the next long-term job is and all that stuff. But so I, we talked about me moving to LA, right? I moved to LA in 2000. What I dreamed for my entire childhood that I thought I would never see in my lifetime happen right after I moved to LA, Yankees Mets World Series, the Subway <laughs> Series, something I never thought would fucking happen in my lifetime. We're never right. going to see that happened the next world series after i left was that world series so now i come here to ohio where my wife's family's from and they are so helpful with the kids and great people and what happens the fucking knicks, knicks. are good it's amazing i've been going to knicks games for the last 15 years they made the playoffs once they're we, fucking good we were at the last we were at the pacer game <laughs> it's pathetic we were there it was so exciting yeah. So, uh, but I'm loving it. I, you know, the West coast trip, they were just on sucks. Cause me trying to watch a basketball game at 10 o'clock at night is just not yeah, happening. That's but, not that's happening. The problem. It's like, I'm, I'm up 
late now watching these Knicks games. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, they went to overtime last night with the Lakers. They they beat the Clippers the other night. Yep. It's but tough, no, it's man. awesome. I'm in I'm in my glory and I feel like I I've earned no it. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> just just know, Dom, all you gotta know is the Knicks are good. The okay. Knicks are bad. For a change. Okay. It's all about the defense. That's it. So who killed JFK? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. That's great. Uh, Dom and I have thrown around. Uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I don't think it's what we were told. Mm. I can tell you that. I I don't think that. Back and to the left. left. (laughs) Back and to the left. That is one magic loogie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been playing any golf out there? Uh, I have. This is a question coming from Coast. Yes. So uh, I was playing. I mean, man, let me tell you, I always thought, like, how much worse could the weather be in, like, northeast Ohio compared to, like, New York? New York, it's shitty winters, right? It's different, man. It's just different. It snowed here like a week ago. Lake uh, effect. That's the lake but, effect. But yeah. April was beautiful. I got some golf in. And then when Bree went into labor, Bree went into labor, Maybe like, early, early labor. <laughs> You know, early, later, like noon, I was on the golf course. Is there a part three around here? I was on the third (laughs) hole, and it was already, it was raining to shitty weather. So I'm like, shit, it's raining, uh, it's cold, and I think my wife went into labor. I should probably leave. And then they were like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, and I left. So I, but uh, I'm I'm, I'm hitting the ball. Ironically enough, drivers working like crazy. I can't putt, which usually with me, it was always the reverse. So, uh, but it's uh, I'm I'm coming back to New York to get you guys. We got to finish one of our matches. I owe steak dinners and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all ready for you. We miss you, man. Question I'm gonna have to crash at your house because I ain't, I ain't doing the Brooklyn to to Westchester drive no more. Done no, with that. No blowing out rims. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, stay oh, in Westchester, man. Okay. Bad. I'm I'm curious just because I'm you know we're all. We've all been binging shit during COVID and whatnot, but like you know, you you were on some huge shows, and what do you like? What are you watching these days? Like, what if, what is what's been inspiring you since you've been creating so much? Like, what do you watch and draw inspiration from? So I watched um, most recently. You know, we 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 watched like Queen's Gambit, which was great. Uh, yeah. I had never seen The Office before. Uh, everyone's always <laughs> which telling one? me how. <laughs> The, yeah, the American, American version. American. Uh, and I, I hadn't seen the British version either, but, um, and I always imagined it was good. And watch just like, as like the show you're going to sleep on, like, all right, let's go to bed. It's not, and then you end up watching four episodes. Yeah, we ripped through, uh, the ripped through that. I really liked uh, Gangs of London, was, yeah. oh man, right down Gangs of See, London. This is why I like this question because it gives me more material to, to Gangs of London, which I believe is, uh, it's either you get it here on AMC or uh, or FX. I'm not quite sure, but uh, it's fucking awesome. What about some of the documentaries? Did you watch Sons of Sam? Did you watch Sons of I Sam? I didn't watch Sons of Sam yet. Oh. I got that one. I got that one. You know what I was watching on HBO Max? And I, I and I obviously I watched the Tiger Doc on HBO Max. I've been watching oh, the yeah. Generation Hustle. Have you guys seen this? I've heard oh. it. I've heard, that's I've my heard of it. Plug. Yeah, I haven't it's, seen it's, it yet. It's basically like eight or 10 episodes. They're all standalones, right? And they're all like these like sort of elaborate or sometimes really simple just schemes and cons. It's fucking, it's so, so like dirty money? No, it's different. Like for instance, there's this, 
the one that I most recently watched is about this. He he's known as like a scam rapper, right? He's from Detroit. He scams people on whether it's Instagram or credit card fraud, whatever. He he's like made a million dollars off of this. And he raps about it. And like his rapping is like okay, but he's literally giving like a blueprint of how to do it because he's done it. That's and he's since has gotten like a record right. deal. It's this it's I'm telling you, watch it. No, Trust I'll watch me. it. See, you gotta stay from these two. It's just nonstop documentaries about homicidal maniacs. Yeah, well, I'm in, I'm into true crime. It's, you know? <laughs> and the two of them sad. I'm on the text thread with the both of them, and they're like, oh, son of Sam, night stalker. And I'm like, you can I, I turn this on with Did my you wife. See the Jack ruined, the Ripper one? I saw the Ripper, yeah. The Ripper <laughs> the one. Ripper. I watched that. I've seen yeah. all of them. So uh, you guys like to do some light watching before bed. Nice. Well, I watched that, good. and then with Fina, we 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 uh, revisited uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, that's a good yeah. So of you know, yeah, you go know out I, with a little Brad Garrett. You got you, you know. gotta you gotta mix it up a little. I got, Come I got, on, <laughs> stop it, <laughs> that bra. I got I got two that are in the fire right now. Like one I just finished because it's just been but Snowfall. If, I mean, people if. If you're not watching Snowfall, I mean, it is just incredible. I just finished the the fourth season or whatever it was, and it's come back for season five. It is, it's insane. And of course, now I'm on to The Handmaid's Tale, which is just incredible. so. If you're not you, yes. oh, Handmaid's Tale. I can't get into yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, we incredible. we These started are, I mean, those that. Are, those are those are great shows. Great shows. It's great, but I will say, uh, and I know what the fourth season just dropped, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so good and so powerful. I I don't I can't watch it. It's right hard now. to watch. I get like it. I it's hard we to just watch. had the second baby. We're barely sleeping. Like I can't take an hour and like go there. Yeah. and that's only because it's well done. Um, but that's yeah, the that's they just, crazy. They, they just drain everything from you, and you feel so bad for these people. And then they just give you a little little nut to give you a glimmer of hope. And that's enough yeah. to keep you watching, and then it explodes. It's just, it's it's a roller coaster, but it's it's wild. Yeah, that's yeah, a that's, that's a good one. I've said my piece. <laughs> Snowfall. I haven't seen Snowfall. Oh, Snowfall is really good. No, it's all about the introduction really? of crack rock I'm to America. Have to get into it's it, yeah. fucking oh, believable. Wow. The lead yep. actor is this young British kid, and he mm -hmm. plays the dude who, like, the young guy who who starts like basically gets this cocaine connection, and then he finds out a way to turn it into crack. And how it destroys it's like it's crazy and the cia supplying it it's it's crazy on so many levels and it's yep. so well done it's really it's legit it's quality did you see the bodyguard that's that's that that was really great. good i heard good so i like how I mean, they do it i like how the bbc does it they do six episodes and it's done mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing how they're able to tell that story in did six that, episodes. Didn't do that with Peaky Blinders too. It was like Peaky six Blinders episodes, yeah. and tab, um, uh, Taboo is another one. That's kind of my problem. Is sometimes like there's so much stuff I actually have to like spend thirty minutes and do like a cognitive like Google research on what's out there because like you see a show. Or, and you're like, okay, that looks dope. I want to watch that. And then two days go by and you see four more shows advertised that you're like, oh, that's, and then you forget about the first one you saw two days before. So that every now and then I literally have to like keep a notes list in my, right. in my phone or else I, I will do, forget. I, same and thing. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> Queen's Gambit for like weeks. And then finally I was like, oh no, no, this is the show we got to watch. And we watched it and I was like, wow, that was great. I enjoyed that.
That's going to be God. my next show, actually. That and probably Snowfall. But I have I have to know that I'm going to be able to watch it because mm. once I start something, I binge it. Snowfall's on it's Hulu. The best way so to do it. it's on Hulu. Binge I'll wait. Has anything changed as far as like in the old days? There used to be like network TV, and you had your big studios producing the films. Whereas now you have streaming, Hulu, Netflix. What's the biggest change you guys? Just that seen? they're all competing with each other now. But is it easier or harder to get? work or is the quality of work less than i think it's like improved in some areas and then other areas it's kind of gotten harder i think it's just improved on the level of there's just so many more platforms to like take ideas and stuff like that is it i think it's really good for like producing and i don't think it's diluting because think about it right like Every now and then you go through the Netflix shows or movies or the Amazon Prime and you're kind of like, when are they making all these or mm. buying all these, you know? Mm. Um, I do think it's given a lot of people chances to maybe get their ideas made that maybe they wouldn't. Um, yeah. And I do think that's, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but from everything I've kind of paid attention to, it definitely feels like those streamers are kind of like where the new independent films have to go, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're ever really going to be like, Hey, let's go watch Manchester by the Sea in in the theater. Like, yeah, there'll be a theater release, and that movie did well in the theaters. But that was years ago. Like, you know, I really do think that at least maybe coming back from COVID, the theaters might just be packed with the bigger action event type movies, and then those other movies that are just good story. You know, the more indie type stuff we ha- will be on right in your home. Yeah, I think I think COVID changed the whole landscape. I think everything that there's going to be, I think the film business before COVID and then there's a film business after COVID. Yeah. yeah. Before COVID, they were on a track where it would be like in five years, I was talking to people and I'd be like, you'd be able to, you know, buy movies that are in the theaters. You'd be able to pay extra money for them and buy them at home. And COVID just kicked that right in the ass. And right. We're doing it right well, now. Well, they had movies that yeah. came out during COVID and went straight to VOD yeah. and everybody watched still them. Doing it right and, now. and they HBO did really Max well because everybody was home. Yeah. I bought them. But do you want to watch the new Avatar? Uh, Hells yeah. <laughs> Yo, I want to go to the theater. Do you want to watch James Gunn's next movie in like in your house or you want to see it on a big screen like i love going to movies or, man that's as like a you know, social I mean, event it's the social aspect of it there are some I, movies yeah jerry and jerry knows yeah. this, there are some movies when i watch a movie i like to be alone yeah i prefer not being in the movie theater to be perfectly honest but then there are some movies where it's action and stuff, and, and you, you want to experience that with an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to woo and oh, I like the with dinner after else. to discuss too. Like, you know, let's go eat, have a drink, and talk about what we just saw. And so I, I definitely miss that part. Even like of it for sure. Comedies is yeah. so much better in a exactly. Uh, just because once the laughter is contagious. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it like having them. a, a, a laugh hey, track. Yeah, but hey, they said September. September Broadway theaters go to 100% capacity and movie be great. not going to be far behind that at all because you're never right. going to be able to replace that experience of going to the theater, especially for kids. And we shouldn't Taking lose that tradition. Movies, that's a huge thing. We're not going to lose that tradition. We shouldn't lose that tradition. I'll um, tell you what, business-wise, I, I'm definitely struggling with and 
and I always will. I don't think you are, Dom. I think it's actually like we are completely, I, maybe I'm wrong. I just think it's something that you're really good at and something I'm terrible at, you know, because of, you know, COVID and stuff like that. And it was already sort of going this way. Again, it was something else that was maybe just accelerated is, you know, I don't even know when, if ever again, I'll audition in person for a project, right? Used to be, you know, you get the material, you have a day or two to work on it, and then you go in the room and there's casting people, producers, director, whatever. And that is what I prefer. I need that like nervousness of, oh, I could bomb in front of seven people and look like a total asshole. Not only will I not get the part, but I'm going to be embarrassed <laughs> on my way out the door. I need that kind of adrenaline fear to like be sharp. Cause now obviously for safety and, and by the way, worth it. I don't want to go, you know, I, I follow, I'll follow every safety precaution, you know? And it was, like I said, it was going this way anyway, as like a time element to save time, but then it became a safety thing. You know, you get the material and you make the tape yourself right. and you send people a Vimeo link or whatever your link is. And that's your audition material for me. I am struggling with it because I don't feel the stakes that way. Like yeah. I, to me, I'm just trying to get it done. I'm just trying to get it. It's like almost like a nuisance. I'm trying to get it over with and just go about my day. I don't put in max, max effort because I just don't feel like there's any risk involved. Dom, because maybe also being in New York a lot and maybe some of the stuff was in LA, I don't know. I just feel like you are I a just, lot I, I better I was at forced to. Yeah, right. because, uh, you know, when I, I, I've always lived in New York, so... All the uh, auditions and all the uh, director or producer sessions were always in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I had no choice but to put myself on tape. Yeah. But um, I don't think I've ever gotten a job off of self tape. It's in hard. The it's 200 hard. tapes well, I've made no in my notes. career. I don't think I've ever gotten one. You have no notes. <laughs> you know? That's it, the other it's, thing, it's, right? It's, it's like it's you your give, take. You give an actor, like, here, you have all day to shoot this scene. That's great. Well, and then we do nine takes. <laughs> How the fuck? We're supposed to pick one? Yeah. Dom, Just right. one. Dom, we has, only us, set Dom one. has us giving him notes. It's not helping at all. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, again, I'm all like the safety part is the most important, obviously. But I just know even before COVID, I, I think I was 0 for 200 on self-tapes. Wow. Damn. I was much more successful. in the. I was always a firm believer that like your audition starts the minute you open that door. Because mm -hmm. I've, I've been on the other side of it a little bit. I've sat in on auditions. I've been on the other side. And for sure, the minute that person walks to the door, you have a certain, like you're, it's, it's on, it's begun. So uh, yeah, I missed that part of it. It doesn't, I don't get excited for it or hyped up for it. I'm kind of just like, let's get this done so I could. I could get another round of Call of Duty in. It's also a lot of work. It's also a lot of work. You got to learn the lines. You got to put yourself on tape. You have to cut it. You have to send it. You have to download. Sometimes these these auditions are like eight nine pages. Right. The file and, is long. Yeah. And then no. And by the way, and then no one watches. Have you ever had the like? I've like sent the link and like whereas like you have to get this in by Tuesday. I've gotten it on Monday. It's nine pages. So you and go. No study one sees for it for three weeks. And it has no, the link has no views for fucking 10 days. It's like, Crazy. why did I have to get this in by Tuesday? I know, I know, I know it's frustrating. Hurry up and wait. It's, it's just not, it's not even frustrating. I, I just am not going to be successful this way. It like, it's just not going to happen.
And it's all good. I've come to terms with that. I'll figure out another way. This is the other thing. When you're in a room and you're auditioning, you have a good sense of if what you're doing is somehow connecting yeah. by, by the people in the room. When you're self-taping, um, you don't have any of that. And you have to make you have to you have to make a conscious decision. This is what I'm gonna do. This is how I want to play the role. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, somebody on the other end uh, sees it that way. The only thing I've started to do a little bit, I've Sucks. experimented because of all my podcasting and gaming stuff. I have so much. I've gathered so much equipment, as you guys could see over the years, like my. My green screen right here, right? That's just like a green screen, right? Yeah. I thought that was a fresco. <laughs> um, I, I have started to be, if it's not like a big, giant, like nine-page audition, if it's something small, I'm like, you know what? We're shooting this fucking thing. Multiple cameras. We're doing angles. A couple of times I pulled Brie over her shoulder into the shot. I'm like, I, I got to find a way to make this exciting. I'm like, fuck it. I'm making this exciting. I'm shooting it. And that's usually the worst idea to do. Uh, keeping it simpler is better. Yeah, you also better. have to think that they they are viewing so many tapes. God, so they just want to get to it. Yeah. Just see it, boom, go. Um, I, I started shooting now. I'm doing coverage, bro. I'm doing wides, mediums, close-ups, close fucking 50-50s, <laughs> doing dumb shit. How about we just shots. do a dirty shot over your shoulder? <laughs> I, I've even toyed with like, should we shoot this outside? <laughs> He's like, no. Uh, yeah. We're not going outside. It's eight o'clock at night. What do you? We're gonna, gonna hear crickets. It's in Ohio. Oh man, yeah. It's it takes time. It, it's a, it's definitely a, a different. It, it's definitely an adjustment. Yeah, an adjustment but you know me. what? You and I have been doing it a long time. Yeah. We made a lot of adjustments in the two plus decades. So like, all good. I welcome it. Uh, can't promise that I'm not sending the first take and stopping right after that, being like, yeah, that's good enough. Fine, fuck it. <laughs> so, but anyway, not easy, man. It's definitely not easy. So where, nope. are, we, where are we golfing? So uh, when Jerry, when Jerry, <laughs> come, when Jerry comes to New York, we'll go on Whipperwill. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'll be back, boys. Don't like I'm coming. My whole family's still there. I'm gonna be in New York a lot. So right now we're a little bit grounded. Yeah. yeah. So Jerry, if if you had to um, give a, a little piece of advice to anybody listening to this who's you know uh, thinking about becoming an actor, what what? What would you tell them? Well, I would say once you, if you've figured out that you love it, and let's assume that you have for the purpose of this, uh, I would say, um, this is so, this is so, cause this is like, I'm giving advice about an, almost another career path, but I would say, cause this cannot hurt you no matter what experiment making your own shit. Mm. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like terrible and no one ever sees it, um, all good. Like that used to be difficult 10 years ago before we all had like awesome cameras, like in the palm of our hand that literally could look almost as good as most things that are shot. So I would say whether it's like writing or just filming stuff, like try to get that acting part of you out 
in that way. And then also like, you know, especially with the writing, like some, a lot of people have had success with writing their way into an acting career. It's a hard path. It's definitely not easy, but that's just a little different advice as opposed to just like, well, go do a bunch of shorts and go do student films. And, you know, I, that stuff's great and you should do that too. But I would say while you're waiting, cause that's our biggest struggle is like, we're always waiting for stuff to happen because I can't wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I want to act tomorrow. I think I want to act tomorrow. Let's, let's go act. You know, I got to wait for someone to tell me I could do it. I got to wait for someone to say, you could do what you love to do and we'll pay you to do it as your job. So in the interim, if you're on your way up, come just starting out, either, like I said, while you're waiting for stuff to happen, which is okay, write something, write a short, uh, and then film it. And even if it looks terrible, just get that experience, you know, and to go do some extra work. If you've never been on a set before, extra work is hard. It is not glorious in any way. I've done it. I was an extra in the pilot episode of Sex in the City. You actually see me for 0.15 seconds, okay? In the pilot, I remember being like, HBO's doing a show called Sex in the City. I'm like, what is that? Like a rated X movie, Sex in the City? Right, I know it'd be like the biggest comedy of all time. Uh, I was an extra in Oz. I was an extra in Law and Order. I was an extra in a, I found the check for the Oz. It was 68 bucks. I was there for 14 hours. So that's good. I'm not advising like do this regularly. I'm saying if you've never been on a set before and you need to even see how that kind of, and no one's going to go do, no one's going to do that. People are going to listen to it and be like, shut up, old man. Stop yelling at the egg of the grass. But right. um, just do stuff while you're waiting because there is just going to be waiting. There's just no way around it. There you have it. But yeah. Jerry, say. thank you so much, man. You're my ace my in man. the hole. Uh, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see the family. And, uh, Meet James, not Jimmy, Meet guys, James, not Jimmy, James, not Jimmy. No disrespect James. to the Jimmys out no. there, yeah. but he's not Jimmy. If he wants to call himself Jimmy when he's a grown man, and he could beat me up, fine, <laughs> all good. Uh, Until then, it's James. Uh, it's proper James. Yeah, <laughs> Dom, you know I'm happy and proud that you're doing this, and I've always, you know how I feel about the format of podcasting. I love it. Uh, I listen to your show all the time and multiple podcasts a day. Keep it, just keep it going, bro. You're killing it. Thank you, man. You guys all are. I, 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 I no, I do want to mention this. I do want to mention this. So when Jerry was doing his podcast, this is real quick. When Jerry was doing his podcast, we couldn't do the podcast at his house. Ever. Ever. Because I'm allergic to cats. Oh. And my wife came with two cats. Yeah. There's so he two would, cats. Little, he would bring everything. Wherever, wherever I was, we, we, we would sit down and we would do the podcast. You bring a bottle of white wine and, you know, the rest is history, man. That's awesome. That's good. And the last part of that, too, is one of the best episodes I think I've ever done. No one will ever hear. I was doing this series with uh, with actors called like like uh, like horrible, like nightmare audition stories. Right. We would just trade the awful, shitty audition stories we've had. And I'd done a couple Vermin. of them, and I've been saving Dom, because I know we're going to have a bunch of shit to talk yeah. about. So I got Dom, and then you were on Rosewood at the time. Yeah. So Andy. we got your, was it your showrunner? Or no, it was two, uh, two the, writer the, producers? Yeah, two Andy producers. And, yeah. And Evan Blyweiss, yeah. And we all went to Dom's house in LA, and my wife it was is the producer of the show at that time too and we had our travel set and all that because we can't do it at home and we got we're, we're taping it and it's going 
it's going amazing. Like Dom's stories are great. Uh, the producer, Andy, story, like but the, Andy like, takes the cake. Andy, he has one of the greatest, I gotta, worst I gotta, audition have, stories. You gotta, ha you know oh what? Oh my god! Have him on and just <laughs> do that episode that we did that no one will ever hear because I was actually we, thinking about that when we finished. Okay. And we were using a Zoom to record on, and we weren't backing it up as well on the laptop. The memory card was corrupted. So the whole episode just, I mean, we wanted this episode so bad, we sent the memory card to Germany to an audio house that. that was trying to, to save the episode. Yeah. Spent like 400 bucks. Gone. <laughs> Gone. And we always said we would redo it and recreate it, but you guys know you can't recreate it. And then Rosewood got canceled. <laughs> do that episode with Andy and just make sure I get a special thanks or something. I will. I will. Jerry, love you, buddy. Thank you. Love you too, bro. All and, right, man. Uh, yeah, keep it up, fellas. All right. I would never find another lover sweeter than you, sweeter than you. And I would never find another lover more precious than you, more precious than you. The girl Close to me, you like my mother. Close to me, you like my father. Close to me, you like my sister. Close to me, you like my brother. You hear that sound? It's the sound of a sale you're missing out on because you're not selling on Shopify. And what does it sound like with Shopify? Ah, much better. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's truly global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, Lennon and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash finance 23, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash finance 23 to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash finance 23.